cops knew who I was. You don't regret killing this guy? I don't regret killing him, no. We are all evil in some form or another. And they covered it up and let me kill the rest of those guys to turn me into a serial killer. You murdered this man? Yes. You tortured him? Of course. There is no ambiguity and there is nothing you want us... Yet in court today, you said uh, you're not here to pretend to be remorseful. Of course not. Why would I do that? Are you remorseful? Not at all. Why? Why would I be? Well, I'm not an expert. I'm not an authority. I'm someone who has been a murderer for almost 20 years. So your only regret is that the torture didn't go on anymore. Right, and I regret not killing my other victim. Yes, I am evil. Not 100%, but I am evil. So I, I alone am the one who is responsible for what's happened. The only motive that there ever was, was to completely control a person, a person that I found physically attractive, and uh, keep them with me as long as possible, even if it meant just keeping a part of them. Sadly, some officials concede Atlanta is unlikely to catch the killer unless he keeps on killing. I will say that there's a better chance to catch him if he doesn't stop. Can you say how many people might be doing crimes like you were doing? It would be a guess, but it's not. It's far more than 35. Will you kill again? If the opportunity arises, I hope so. It isn't that impossible in this society. It happens. Are there more people? They didn't give up. Uh, how he, many? She didn't give up. I did. I came in out of the cold. And what I'm saying is there are some people who prefer it in the cold. I should have gotten the death penalty. Maybe I got a plan. Run away fast as you can. Moment, uh, but to spend three days driving nails into a guy's head and pulling his teeth out. Right. Why? I found it necessary. Run away. Run away from me, baby. Haley, I would like to ask, what would you like to have as your last meal if you was going to be a snitch for the police officers? What do you want your meal to be? My meal? My mm -hmm. last meal? Well, you don't got to be your last meal. Just a, just your snitching My meal. My snitch meal? Your snitch meal. Um, I would probably want either some sort of sushi dish or some sort of, like rich decadent pasta oh nice yeah what about you oh me i'm going full-on hattie b's cookies and cream milkshake probably some type of coffee from like caramel probably caramel frappe from from mcdonald's and most likely like a double quarter pounder from mcdonald's Okay. Because I'm destroying their fucking restroom if I'm gonna oh, be a snitch. Okay. Oh god, so I'm you, leaving. I'm leaving my mark. You're not. You're picking uh, efficiency over quality here. Oh, I'm leaving my mark if I'm gonna be known as a snitch the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm leaving my mark in that restroom. See, I want to get my money's worth. Mm. I want to have like a, a 
fine Italian meal. Oh. Or some expensive ass sushi. You're saying if I'm snitching, I'm gonna you're gonna treat me like a queen if I'm gonna snitch for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> huh? Yeah, it's like you're gonna have to wine and dine me a little bit. Well, everybody, this is Dude, Where's My Killer? And obviously, we're talking about snitching because we're going to deal with a lot of snitching in this episode. Okay. This is Dude, Where's My Killer? Mm-hmm. K-Wood the Genius. I'm your host, and you got... Haley Rixby. As my co-host. Uh, for the people that have not been listening to the episodes before, this one's going to be specifically crazy. Mm-hmm. And intense. Um, we missed out last week because uh, shit got real here in Nashville for a whole entire week. Uh-huh. Um, for our people that don't know about Nashville news, we had the draft here. We also had con- several concerts here because yeah. this is not me- pretendably Music City because uh-huh. Music City is still shop choppy. For the people that was listening yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah. Still Sop Choppy. It's still mm-hmm. Music City. But this is our pretend to be Music Nashville City up here. Nashville thinks it's Music City. Thanks, it's it still not. thinks it's Music City. Yeah. And it just doesn't have those good old Southbound boys. No. That Sop Choppy no, no, has. No, no, no. Sop Choppy is Music City through and through. Oh, through and through. Um, but yeah, we had a lot of concerts. Had even a, a rock and roll marathon here. So, oh, uh, we had a shit ton of stuff here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I was consistently busy last week. Um, and I just wasn't, I just felt like I wasn't going to be able to get the, through with the episode. Mm-hmm. So, it's And I had to, me time last week. Yeah, sure. Haley had her me time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so pretty much, uh, I decided just to push the, that murder back. Uh, it was going to be a good one, but I want to time it right. I God, the timing was so good for it. Um, I, I previously had pushed it back a week because uh, I wanted to come out before Easter because it was a religious murder. Ooh. So I wanted to come out before Easter. And then the sop choppy stuff was just fresh on the mind. So I wanted to do sop choppy. And then uh, I was like, I'll do it after Easter. Then we had to push it back. So I'm just going to do it next religious holiday that comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know what the next religious holiday would be that come up. Um... Uh, um Day. Well, that doesn't sound Christian at all. Uh, it's not. <laughs> to life, so, to life, So we're gonna do another one since you know what? Since we get, since we didn't release the episode last week, we're gonna give you a great uh, dude. Where's my killer? That turns to a dude. There's my killer. That turns into a dude. What the fuck is up, my killer? <laughs> Oh, in one fucking episode. It turns into a... What? It turns into a... No, what's, no what the fuck is up with my killer? Uh-huh. Not even a what? Like a... No, it's a what the fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is going to be crazy episode. Also, I'm honestly to this point, I'm thinking it. Shit, should it... Should, We'll see how you feel. How you feel um, midway in. If you want to make this into a party, a two-parter, or you want to just... Finish out the episode. Barrel through. Because um, this one's going to be insane through and through. I mean, this one can easily turn into a two-parter. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see how, we'll see how you feel after about, you know, eh, about, a, about an hour to win. Okay. All right. So, with that said, uh, did get some good. So, with that said, let's get into the big time story. Heck yeah. 
Okay, so we're going to start off the story with Sydney Song. Sydney Song. I like how you did that there. Thank you. Put some Neil Diamond in it. Oh, I bring Neil Diamond into everything I do. Nice. Thank you. Nice, nice little They're is, coming to America. What is it, Tiny Dancer? Isn't that Neil Diamond? That's Tiny. Elton John. What? This Southern Dancer is Neil Diamond? Um, I, it's not Tiny Dancer, because uh-huh. Tiny Dancer is definitely Elton John. Well, either way, it's, it's just pretty much the same people, right? Mm, no. <laughs> There's a big difference between Neil Diamond and Elton John. I'm messing with you. He knows that I love Elton John so much. Mm. And, you know, it's not that I don't love Neil Diamond, but Neil Diamond's a bit of a meme, right? Uh, sure. I was just trying to wake you up. I am awake. I know. I was just trying to make sure you're awake. And They're coming to America. <laughs> well, Sydney Song, her, her actual name is Heong Jong Song. Hyung Jong Song. Hyung Song Song. <laughs> what? Nothing, babe. Okay. Nothing at all. Okay. Um, it's a podcast, so you can just say what it what? is. You said that, Goofy. That's all. Okay. I was giggling at the way you said that. Okay. Hyung Jong Song. Hyung Jong Song. So Hyung Jong Song, she's born in South Korea. Okay. On February 25th, 1980. Oh, okay. Um, A 25th day like me. Mm-hmm. It is 25th like you. Also, the day before your birthday. I was wondering if you was going to catch that or not. Mm-hmm. Ten years before I was born. I feel like this is the the second time... Wasn't there someone else with a birthday that was either, like, the day before... Or your birthday? I don't remember one. I feel like that's happened in the past. Um, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember it. We've come to so many that it kind of goes through my head by the time we get done with it. I gotcha. Well, you know. I feel like there's somewhere in the past that's happened. Maybe. Who knows? Sam Shepard. Maybe it was Sam Shepard. He did come on a Nazi tattoo. Oh, God. I did. Ah, got it in. (laughs) <laughs> For the people that are new to the podcast, that is my that is my phrase that I use at least once a week on Haley. Oh my god! Just, because I literally hate it so much. Oh, that's what happens when you get part of the first couple of true crime. Oh goodness! Well, she's she uh, developed the nickname of Sydney. 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 Cindy. 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 What did I say? Sydney. Sydney. Oh, Cindy. They're very similar names. Cindy song. Yeah, well, Cindy. Her name's Cindy, not Cindy. I gotta be quick on these names. I have to really be listening to these names. Yeah, I know. My speech impediment kind of hurts a little bit there. Well, no, it's not that. Mm -hmm. It's just with my... Spoiler alert, I got a new job. Mm -hmm. And I have to pay attention to names with my new job. Um, Okay, so on 1994... Five, she finally moves here to South Korea. Okay. I mean, she moves from South Korea, excuse to me, to Virginia. US? She oh, okay. moves from South Korea to Virginia. Okay. Uh, 
So she's 15 years old, moving to the United States. Okay. So this is a whole type of just new world for her. Yeah. Um, but she comes relatively um. Pretty popular, pretty pretty um well liked. Yeah. Uh, she graduates high school with a well enough GPA to attend Penn State University. Nice job, Cindy. So she's attending at. She's attending an out-of-state, really big-time college. Um, Penn State University is in a, is a, is in a huge college town, for people that don't know. Um, very, very huge college town. Pretty much the college is the town. It's one of those towns like that, like, you know, um, Athens, Georgia, mm-hmm. for people here in the South, or... Um, Murfreesboro, certain parts of Murfreesboro are like that. Yeah, but this is a big, big time college. Gotcha. This isn't MTSU. This is, you know, yeah. this is big time college. So, you know, Knoxville, Tennessee, kind of relatively is kind of like that. Gotcha. I would say that Knox, I would say that not, that, ten, that University of Tennessee isn't, I, this is pretty much, the college mm-hmm. is the town. When it, it, the college is done, the town is pretty much like a ghost town. Yeah, that's just true. Towns. It's one of those times. I've been I've been to Knoxville, like downtown Knoxville in the summertime. She's dead, y'all. Oh, I don't I didn't I wasn't talking about Knoxville like that. I was talking about this this town. <laughs> um I don't know. I don't I I I've been in Knoxville uh once my whole entire life for rugby. I did not go out there. It was uh Knoxville doesn't look that uh great of a town to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, with that said, um, so, she's attending Penn State and she makes it to her senior year uh, 2001. So, in 2001, it's her senior year. She's getting, going, she's made friends. She's mm-hmm. going out, having a fun time. On Halloween 2001, she goes out to a party at the Players Nightclub. In downtown, you know, at Penn State. Mm-hmm. So, she's so she's gone out to the Players Nightclub with a couple friends, uh, Stacy Pete Pock, Stacy Pock, and Elisa uh, Kim. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing she found a way to make some Asian friends while in college mm-hmm. at Penn State. Maybe there's a lot of Asian people that go to that college. I don't really know too much. But she looks like she's made a few Asian friends. They go out to the players' nightclub. Um, Sydney Song is is wearing a Playboy Bunny outfit. So you know she's one of those she's one of those type of girls. You know, one of those girls that like you know the partying. Mm-hmm. You know, she's one of those people that would be a bachelorette in in downtown Nashville for sure. <laughs> she would take up. She would do a dashlet party in downtown Nashville for sure. Mm-hmm. So she's one of those type of girls. So um, at two o'clock, all of them leave and go to a friend's house and play video games of all things. Mm-hmm. So it's again, it's two thousand and one. Not a lot going on in the video game world. Um. Uh, it's it's you don't you don't you don't have like you know social media to distract you and things like that. So when you left the, the nightclub at nighttime, you had fun with friends. You didn't just get on. You didn't go home and get on Instagram and do look at look through Instagram stories for a couple mm-hmm. hours, you know, and things like that. You just 
you you went home. You went home and par- and you partied some more with a few friends that you knew, and then when you went home, finally, you finally was done for the night. Yeah. So when you leave at two o'clock and you still want to party for a little while longer, you you, you and your friends hang it. out and party for a little while. Mm-hmm. So they went, play video games, partied. Uh. At four o'clock, they finally leave, and and the uh, Cindy song finally gets taken home. Now, when she's going, when they drop off at an apartment, the friends leave without seeing her into the apartment. Mm-hmm. So the friends leave, and that's that. Now, a few days pass by, and Cindy hasn't returned anybody's text messages or calls. Um, they haven't heard anything from Cindy song at all. So they so they uh, they decide to finally just call the police and file a missing persons report. Yeah. So they found a missing persons report, and when the police go to the apartment, they find that Sydney Song one has not been there, but they do find several things inside there that do interest them. Hmm. Being her, her cell phone is in there, but it is dead. Okay. The eyelashes that she wore fake eyelashes to the party yeah. on that Halloween night. Were they in the apartment? They were in the apartment. Hmm. Does not show any signs of forced entry yeah. or any signs of a brawl or a fight breaking out inside yeah. the apartment at all. So whoever it was knew her. Also, they see that she had two Britney Spears concert tickets. Oh. So again... This is, this is that time period, guys. Yeah. Britney Spears is a big deal <laughs> and oh, things yeah. like that. 2001 was a good Britney Spears time. And they also find that she has a receipt to where she was supposed to be receiving a computer on November 6th. Okay. So, I'd say all these things because that rules out multiple things. Um... When they look through her diary, they see that she, one, had just broke up with her boyfriend about a couple weeks before. So, uh, that rolls out. So, the police at first was trying to pin it that maybe she might have went somewhere and committed suicide because of that. But, again, the Britney Spears tickets and the computer receipt kind of just fell off. They show future plans. Yeah, show future plans on that one. Plus, the friends say that she wasn't that upset about the... The breakup? Yeah. Um, they also find her diary, and then this is, the, again, this is 2001. It's crazy just how much different 2001 is. Yeah. Her diary, she, diaries that she's, her friends, her and her friends are doing ecstasy and smoking weed. Oh. She wrote in her diary, like, dear diary, today me and my friends popped a couple E-pills and, and smoke some and joints. Smoke some joints after after attending a party. Good lord! I this is why would someone write that in their diary? Because she's she's a she's a dork. <laughs> she's simple as simple simple fact. She's a dork. Just think, she's probably what I would say Lindsay Lohan's character on Mean Girls was. Okay. She's this girl. She just moved to the United States. Six years before. Okay. I mean, this is less than two present turns before. Yeah. I mean, she moved here when Bill Clinton was was going through his shit. (laughs) So, I mean, you got to think, she hasn't been here that long. Mm -hmm. She's 
made a few friends. He probably spent the first year. I mean, when I mean when I moved from where I was from to another city, you spend the first year pretty much by yourself, just trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Yeah, <laughs> it takes you about a year to get pretty comfortable with your surroundings. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, I mean, she's just sitting. She's just sitting here like you know. First year, she probably doesn't have any friends. She doesn't hardly know how to speak fucking English. She's moved here from South Korea. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, so she's probably had to keep a diary, and she just probably does probably just her thing was to keep a diary. She's going to school. She's she's going to a big time college, so she can't go out and party that much. Mm-hmm. So I mean, she probably spends a lot of time in her days taking keeping a diary because you don't got. Again, you don't have Facebook. You don't have social yeah, media. There's not a lot. So to you, do. so you're not. So you, when you're writing, you don't get the right status of oh, I just seen Avengers Endgame and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. You, don't, <laughs> you don't get to write that. Yeah. So you write down your diary. So as you want to get out, at least, at least something of oh shit, I just seen Arya Stark kill <laughs> that king. Do what she did. <laughs> I just seen Arya Stark kill the Night King. Guys, that's I've, that's fucking amazing. So you want to be able to say it somebody and mm-hmm. if if her friends don't fucking like the game of thrones then she doesn't have anybody to say it to so mm, exactly so write it so you must write stuff in your diary so i mean so she, she writes that she does so she writes that she did drugs in her diary so then the police start taking the drug angle of uh maybe she was it was some drug dealer that snatched up Drug deal but, gone wrong. Uh, again, uh, friends was pretty much saying, dude, we didn't do drugs like that. Like, we, if we smoked weed, it was like one of those things where one of our friends had weed and we smoked it with them. Or one of our hit friends had ecstasy and we did it with them. It wasn't yeah. one of those things that we were fucking dependent on fucking yeah. drugs. <laughs> no kingpins here. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, pretty much... The police have nothing. So police pretty much have nothing on these leads at all. Um, um, about a about a couple weeks later, they get a call from a woman that says that uh, she believes that she just saw Cindy Song. Um, she says that she was in the Chinatown district inside of Philadelphia mm-hmm. when uh when she saw a woman being forced by a man into a car. Mm-hmm. The woman was screaming, "Help! Help! Please help me!" And uh, when the woman that saw this confronted confronted the man, the man said, "You better stay out. You better stay out in fucking business." And the woman left. I mean, granted, you might be saying that's a coward move, but at the same time, it might have just been a smart move. Yeah, that dude could have been crazy enough to like let her die, <laughs> kill her, or snatch her up as well. Yeah. So uh, I mean, so. Woman calls the cops immediately. Cops can't find the couple, obviously. Um, the woman, uh, the cops start figuring out that the woman's story might be a little bit fabricated. Because it kind of changes more and more the more and more they talk to her. Okay. So, there's one of those where they say maybe it might be one of those, uh, one of those, uh, you believe something, uh, I can't remember it was you see something and kind of convince yourself that it's this instead of that 
it's one of those things where you get people that like they hear a story on TV, so they think that it's happened in real life now or something. Yeah. Uh, I remember. I'm trying to remember what documentary I watched where they had that happen a lot. It was one of those documentaries. It might have been like Zodiac, something like mm-hmm. that, where they got so many tips called in because everybody thought they had seen something. And it turned out they didn't see nothing. Yeah. Oh, it was the zebra killers. I think it was oh, the zebra okay. killers. Well, they got so many fucking tips in, and, and everybody's None of like, them were correct. <laughs> None of them were good because they didn't see anything. They just had something that happened to happen off of TV, and they thought that that happened to them in real life. Yeah. Like, they just got, oh, we've seen a black guy walking through our neighborhood with, uh, with uh, nice clothes on. We think that he might have been the killer, but it's like, no, he's not the killer. He's the black guy selling <laughs> shoes or something like that. Good guy. <laughs> you know, so. So uh, it was one of those. So you know, it's one of those things where people just like they they hear they hear something on TV and they think that oh, it's what happened in real life. But you know, yeah. Um. So that's what Achilles market off as. Um. So, city song never gets found. That's terrible. Never gets found. Still is to this never day. Never gets found. No, no indication of her body. No, no indication of her body mm-hmm. at all. Um, they say that because of how the situation was, that maybe she left. She had a bad habit, and I'm gonna call this a bad habit because it is a bad habit of leaving in the middle of the night to go to the 24-hour market that was right down the street the street from her apartments. That's a bad habit. So, yeah, she would walk from her apartment in the middle of the night to just go into a 24-hour market, get her, like, something to drink and something to eat. I know I used to... I never walked because I never lived in walking distance of, like, a, 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 market. Like a market or something <laughs> like that. But I used to, like, you know, 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock at night, if I got an urge, would go to the, to the market and, like, buy a drink and buy something to eat, something like that. So I understand that uh, it's not a good habit to have, also as well, because you're not your body's not supposed to eat anything after like eleven o'clock at night. Well, and like <laughs> you're supposed to be asleep too. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so she did. I've have done that, that, that before, though. Drive out to the grocery store super late. Yeah, that's a long. That's a that's a long ways out here. Yep. But, uh, so yeah, so she had that really. So she had that bad habit. Uh, so police think that maybe because of all this, because of her cell phone and everything being inside, um, that maybe she left to go to the store. And while on her way to the store, she got snatched up. Um, sadly, the store does not have a recollection of seeing her there at that on that night. Did, I'm assuming they don't have like security cameras. Well, they had security cameras, but the thing is, one the the their friends took. It, it was like three days before they even called the police yeah. in, and the police take probably like you know when you get those type of cases, the police when there's nothing around, the police take like a week to do anything. Uh, of course. So by the time the police got to asking them about the, the security cameras, they had over they had already taped over it because when you got shitty shitty stores like that well that's like uh, the high school from the from cereal yeah they would reuse the tapes well yeah when you got the, the thing is when when you got like sh- places like if it isn't like a chain like for how much people shit on like places like walmart and stuff like that mm-hmm. if it isn't like a 
Fortune 500 company most likely to push. <laughs> well, it's not just shoddy. It's that they're they're cutting costs with taping Something. over. <laughs> taping yeah. over. They're not gonna have. They're not gonna have a hundred just security tapes just stashed in their fucking place because security tapes cost money. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of just fucking stashing a hundred security tapes, they'll stash like maybe five or ten and just tape over them. Every, yeah, every day. <laughs> so, Go digital people. It's cheaper. Well, I, well that's, I think that's what they're starting to do now. I think yeah. they're starting to go digital. But again, this is 2001. <laughs> Digital's not even a thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they don't even have Blu-rays yet. Nope. Barely had DVDs. Yeah, a DVD player probably cost you like 200 like $300 mm-hmm. back then. Like DVD player, I remember that. With DVDs players used to be like cost the same amount as like video game consoles. Oh yeah, I remember my uh, my parents got my sister one for Christmas when they really came out. And it used to be like, oh my god, you got me a DVD player? That's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Now try to buy somebody a DVD player right now. They would literally probably beat the shit out of you. I'm gonna use this. I don't have DVDs. <laughs> They probably literally used it to beat you, to cave your fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I won a DVD player one time, and I was super excited. You won a DVD player? Where was yep. that? In middle school, we, you know, they pulled my little. We, we used to get these little point cards, and mm-hmm. they pulled one of my cards, and the DVD player was mine. <laughs> I bet you don't even know where that DVD player is at now, do you? It's, it's, I think it's in my mom's bedroom. <laughs> and someone had the audacity of telling me it was a crappy DVD player, and that, that some bitch still works. <laughs> well, with that said, um, so, yeah, so, uh, they say that's the reason, oh, so I also forgot to say the only things that are missing out of the apartments, uh, was her credit cards. Okay. So, she, she her credit cards are the, pretty much her credit cards are the keys, her yeah. keys to the car and the house is the only thing that's missing out of the apartment. Do they did they ever do any kind of like tracking to see what um, transactions went on that credit card? So her credit card was never used after that. Huh. So interesting enough, her credit cards were never used. That's really weird. After after their players nightclub and things like that. Yeah. So it was never used after that. So that's another strange thing right there. And then the police could not do any kind of like search into the house because sadly enough, after Sydney song's parents found out about her being missing, um, they came and packed up her stuff. Mm. So they, they got her stuff and they, tore through the house. So yeah. Any type of fingerprints or anything that could have been left in the house were erased immediately at that mm. point. You know. So, yeah. So, the cops pretty much don't get anything into any song. Um, so, uh, that's our first story. That's the story of Cindy, 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 Cindy Song. song. What a, that name is hard to say. Cindy Song. It sounds like it sounds like it definitely would have been a, a been a eighty a, a song written about that. See, it yeah. sounds like to me like a, an entertainer, like a wedding singer. Oh, nice. Yeah, or maybe a maybe a news weatherman, news weather woman. Like a, maybe. And with the weather, Cindy song. Cindy song. 
Hi guys, we're having a lot of forecasts today. Let me show you. In the plateau. <laughs> well, that's the first story. So. Cindy, if you're out there, come back. Come back. Or don't. Stay off the grid. Come back to me, Cindy song. That was good. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, so that happened in that part of Pennsylvania. So let's go about an hour and a half away. All right. All right. So let's start in May 2003. I was 10. So we're going to start in a place about an hour and 30 minutes away from where Penn State is. Okay. Uh, it is Lozman County. Okay. L-U-Z-E-R-N-E. See, I want to say Lazarine. Lazarine? But I, that doesn't sound right. It, it's like Lozman, I think. That's what, it, that's what I, from the videos I've heard, listened to. It's okay. pronounced Lozman, I think. Well, then it's, it's, then it's that. So, who gives a shit? Anyway, you know what? If you're it's, from Lewisman County and you listen to this podcast... Then you, you're a you, loser. You, you, you probably... You probably you, well, they definitely are that. But you probably... You probably... You probably just hate the place that you're from, regardless. It's probably one of those things where you probably like, I wish I did not live in this fucking place. Thanks for announcing it like that. You know what? Fuck this place. I'm announcing it like that now. <laughs> Loserin. We'll just call it Loserin. I pronounce it Loserin. How about that? I fuck everybody here. If you live in Loserin, you are a loser in Loserin. So we're inside of so we're inside Loserin County. So uh May in May two thousand and three, a man named Michael Kurkowski Sr. Mike Wazowski. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Remember that name, Mike Kukowski. Mike Kukowski. Not Mike Wazowski. I will remember both. <laughs> so. Mike Kurkowski. Yeah, he'll stop making fun of him because he winds up getting assaulted and robbed by a man named Hugo. 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 Solinsky. Solinsky. Hugo Solinsky. Hugo Solinsky. Which is a shitty fucking name. Hugo. See, Hugo, I like. Solinsky. You like the name Hugo? Yeah. I've never met a person in my lifetime that was a good person named Hugo ever. I've, I've never, never read, a, heard a sto- read a story about a person named Hugo that wound up being a good person. <laughs> I don't dislike the name. <laughs> I just, I just literally have never heard one single story in my lifetime where a person was like, "Oh my God, I would like to thank this guy Hugo for really saving me in this really tough situation I had." I mean, I don't, I don't know any Hugos personally, I just, except for Hugo. I mean, I know of Hugo Boss. I never heard. I just never heard nobody give it a scepter speech at a, at a award show. Is say, that? I like to thank Hugo. Is that your benchmark of greatness in terms of names? 
whether no. they get na- whether the name gets named under award show. My name is terrible if that's the case. I'm pretty sure somebody I've heard of Haley, a good Haley and no, uh, But there's Haley there's Haley's that win awards at award shows. Not really. The, the Haley girl the Haley girl for like two years ago that was real famous, uh, real popular. Um fuck, what was her name? It started with an S at the end. Um, if you're talking like, about, are you talking about Steinfeld? Haley Steinfeld? Yeah, Haley Steinfeld. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's one right there. But she doesn't really win anything at award ceremonies. She won an award. I don't. I mean, not to my knowledge. I'm bet you. I bet you. If I look it up, she won an award for something. I remember. I remember, I say I actually met her once. Well, I didn't meet her one time, but You've I was seen eating her? at a Buffalo Wild Wings, and she was at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Boston, Georgia. What a random <laughs> place for that her tells, to be. That tells you that. God damn it! <laughs> she was at the wrong god place. She should have went to Zacadus. God damn it! You gotta be like, god damn it! See, these people that are in the entertainment industry aren't that aren't that different from us. God damn They're it! They're just like us. <laughs> they eat at fucking. Buffalo Wild Wings in Boston, Georgia, like the rest of us here. <laughs> you know, they surprise it. It surprises me every day. But there's never been a fucking guy named Hugo that's <laughs> anything. <laughs> well, so he beats up and robs Michael Kukowski, senior, for ten thousand dollars. Now, on June 5th, 2003, Hugo Solinsky is arrested for this assault and robbery. Yeah, $10,000 is a lot of money to just take from someone. Well, it's not just $10,000 they took from Michael Kukowski. Okay. Michael Kukowski also tells the police at this point that also that Hugo has at least um, two bodies that he knows of buried in his backyard. Oh, Hugo... Oh, man, how does Michael Kukowski Sr. know of these bodies that's buried in Hugo's backyard? How? Because one of them is his son, Michael Kukowski Jr. What? And his... And Michael Kukowski Jr.'s girlfriend, Tammy Fawcett. How does Mike Kukowski Sr. know that this dude... Know that... How does he know this? Because a man named Paul Weekly tells 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 him of their situ- of this situation. Um, that we can kind of just get it to. I guess later on we'll get into this whole entire situation here. Yeah. It's just, just 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 hang back. It's gonna be a doozy. Okay. This whole story, like I said, it's gonna be a doozy. Did a Sydney Chong song at the beginning that kind of just ease well, in, relax y'all a little bit, relax you a little bit, cause now we're, cause now we're going full throttle in there, baby. Oh, oh this missionary position is about to get intense. Oh, <laughs> again to my this family is, that does not speak to me anymore. I love this, you and miss you. Oh, the coming on the Nazi tattoo is about to be pretty strong. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> um, oh, man. This is going to be crazy. So, this is, this is going to be a weird one right here. 
So let's start off in now January 6th of 2003. January of that same year, okay. Yeah, so earlier. So Hugo Solinsky tells the police of a of a robbery that took place in Back Mountain. Pen, pen, well, God, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I don't know why for a second. I forgot how to say pronounce the name Pennsylvania. Dennis is about to snap on you. <laughs> So, Pennsylvania. <laughs> the reason why he knows this robbery is because he committed it with three other people, including his baby mama, Carrie Bartu. 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 What a name. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a, this is gonna be a name. Names. <laughs> names. Uh, now, Carrie Bartu was already in prison at the time. Uh-huh. While she's pregnant? Well, she's already had the baby. Okay. She's had a baby. She's in prison, though, on drug, on related drug charges mm. already. So now she has uh, also a, a robbery Yay. charge to, to stick on her as well. Yay. Because her baby daddy is a snitch. Love it. Uh, <coughs> now, what would you want these, Want somebody like Hugo Solinsky not to steal during a robbery? Um... What would I not want him to steal? Yeah, like, what would you be your top three guesses? Um, it, mm, any, like, heirlooms, things that have emotional significance to me. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Glasses? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> you would not want somebody to steal, and you would be a horrible contestant in our game of what would you not want somebody to steal? Uh, top three answers would be guns. Uh, okay. Yeah. No. Ammunition um, for the guns mm-hmm. and car parts. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not thinking about any of those three things. Yes. I would not want Hugo to steal any of those things at all. But he does. Now, the police now arrest Hugo Selinski at his house. That is 479 Mount Olivet Road in Kingston Township, Pennsylvania. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm putting this address out there because if you go to this address, fucking good luck. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure the person that lives there now <laughs> will murder you. <laughs> I've looked up the address. It is a shithole. <laughs> That's one of those places that if you're going to go to explore it, you are going to drive pretty slowly and then speed up. <laughs> Enter at your own risk. <laughs> So, uh, police go to Hugo Selinski's house and and, uh, and unearth two bodies and then three more bodies. So, how do you get five bodies total? Well, all of them burnt to a point where they aren't really recognizable at all. Ugh. Uh, so... With that said, arrested is Hugo Solinsky 
And he just sits in prison. And he just sits in jail for uh, a long time. Uh, till about, she just sits around in jail till about October. And October 6th, so what is that? That's June, July, August, September. He's just sitting in jail. Months. Not charged with anything at all. Hmm. Then on October 6, 2003, Hugo is finally charged with uh, with two counts of murder. And also, uh, Patrick Russian is also charged with two counts of murder. Huh. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's a, Do they know uh, each other? <laughs> yes, they know each other. <laughs> and I think there's nothing more weird than having a person named Hugo and a person named Russian. <laughs> <laughs> What an episode for names. <laughs> uh, both be charged of murder together. Now, the police have earned up the identity of two of the people that are severely burnt. Uh-huh. One of those people is Frank James who's known as Rudy, and he's from New York City. Okay. Why the fuck is he in a shithole, loserin' fucking Pennsylvania? Oh. <laughs> fucking from New York City, I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. So that's one of those. And another guy, and I feel, I feel the worst for this guy and his family. This is Adia, Adia Kila, Kilor. He was an immigrant from Guyana. Mm. This guy moved from Guyana to go to Luzerne fucking Pennsylvania. He did it. He gets murdered. <laughs> he did it. You hear all these stories when you're immigrating to these other places about how America is this great place. And then you come to America. And we're going to literally shoot you dead. <laughs> and you come to loser and you're like, what the fuck? This isn't nothing different from fucking where I was at in Guyana. Yeah, no. <laughs> Only thing different is that the internet's worse. <laughs> so these two people, they're both known drug dealers in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Hugo, Hugo Selinski's charged. Okay. And these, and these, both of these people murdered. Mm-hmm. So, what we want, not want Hugo Selinski to do at these charged with double murder? Escape from prison? On October 11, 2003, Hugo Selinski escapes from the Luzerne County Jail. Good Lord. He escapes using a broom to pop out the jail cell window that he's in. He ties a total of 12 bed sheets together when they're only supposed to have one pack of four total bed sheets. I don't know. So the one thing is how the fuck did he get 12 of them? Ties them together <laughs> to climb from his, his, tw- his six-story window to the ground. <laughs> Honestly, just let him go. <laughs> this is what because is, is this a fucking cartoon? <laughs> because literally that sounds like a freaking cartoon. <laughs> and if someone can get out of prison that way and they like are able to like fully get out, they've honestly earned it. What would he tell you that's even worse about this? Sure. Lay it on me. His cellmate Scott Bolton 
is related to Michael Bolton. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, that would be way weirder than what happens later on in mm-hmm. the story. Scott Bolton, his cellmate, is thrown from the window and has to go to the hospital. He's thrown? He tries to escape and falls. You know what? So Hugo sees this and still goes. He's like, ooh, ooh, gotta go. <laughs> I go, Bolton, this is, this is why jails should not, jails should not exist for this point right here. Hugo Solinsky's in jail for double murder. Uh-huh. Pretty gruesome murders, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Michael Bolton's his cellmate, and he's in jail for stealing 70 all-terrain vehicles. <laughs> are you, are you aware that you're saying Michael Bolton? Oh, did I say Michael Bolton? Yes. Scott Bolton. God damn it, you made me think of Michael Bolton. Scott Bolton is in jail for stealing 70 all-terrain vehicles. I mean, he needed he needed some all terrain. <laughs> so this guy, who's a gruesome killer, has to. This guy, Scott Bolton, has to share a jail cell with a guy who's a fucking gruesome fucking killer. He's like, I know I stole some all terrain vehicles, but why did they screw me with this guy? <laughs> this fucking literally insane killer. He's like, uh, hey, you're saving an awful lot of sheets. What's that for? <sighs> So, when that all done, all that done is said, um, I'd like to imagine coach. that Scott Bolton was like, "I'm gonna be the one to take over the Bolton name. I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna bust out of here, and I'm gonna make a name for myself." And then he falls and gets hospitalized. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then you have you put the final nail in the coffin. And call him Michael, Michael Bolton. Bolton to his face while he's in the hospital. Yeah. No, I call. I'm doing a new. I'm doing a channel like news broadcast. Like, Michael Bolton's hospitalized. Like, sad news today about Michael Bolton. Oh, Scott Bolton, the prisoner. Never mind. Great news today about Scott Bolton, the prisoner. Well, so yeah, when when this escape happens, obviously. Um, when you hear a lot of person that's committed a gruesome murder escaping, you automatically freak the fuck out if you're yes. in that neighborhood. <laughs> I remember several times I was in school. I remember this happening several times where I would be in like high school or middle school and we would get some sort of alert like, dangerous convict on the loose. No. Wait, what? Yes, dangerous convict on the loose, total lockdown. And, like, they would be headed in our direction. I don't know why. Wait, what? Yes. Shit. Yes. We've, I've had that happen once in middle school. There was somebody, I think, like, like, robbed. I don't think any, like, there was, like, no death or nothing like that. Mm -hmm. But somebody, like, robbed the, like, robbed the house, like, right across the street from our school. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I guess he, like, like, like arm robbed like the mm-hmm. person was in the house and he like put a gun to him and all that stuff and uh, they shut down the school because like the person like ran away and stuff like that and, like i guess the uh-huh. person like ran towards our school or whatever oh thought i like, try to get away looking back i'm like we had to do so many weird like uh drills i'm like something must have been going on like 
We had an active shooter drill one time, and apparently there was a bomb threat that was called in. And then someone, while we were, like, in the position, like, farted really loud. <laughs> we, we, had a, we had a bomb threat called in once. Uh, we had an active shooter when I was in college at Savannah. It wasn't active shooter, though. Mm. It was somebody... It was two people got an argument, I think, over a girl or something like oh. that. I can't remember what it was. But two people got an argument over a girl, and somebody, like, shot the other person. And oh, I, don't even think, I don't even think the other person even died. I think the other person was, like, went to the Ow. hospital for it. Well, he went to the hospital for yeah. it. He was, like, fucking hurt. He was he was Scott Bolton injured. Okay. <laughs> he was Scott Bolton injured. That's <laughs> that all gonna, he had to is say. Is that going to be a new thing? How Scott yeah. Bolton He injured? was, like, Scott and Bolton injured. Had to go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, go to the hospital for it. And uh, the other person, he wound up, like, funniest thing in the world. He wound up hiding in the trunk of his goddamn car. <laughs> <laughs> so the police are like looking up for hours and then they just go into the trunk of his car and he's right the fuck there. He's like, <laughs> and then he was like, I lasted pretty long though, didn't I? <laughs> I think what it was was that he was trying to get off campus and I guess by the time he was trying to get off campus, like that. He couldn't? That, yeah, it was like one of those things where the call had always been in and. It, Anybody tried to get off campus, they were fucked. Like, so he just turned around and just parked his car and got in his trunk. He was like, yeah. my GPA is 3.5. I didn't mean to shoot him. I was just trying to freak him out. I'm sorry. So th- that shit happened and my mom was ballistic. Because that, for some reason, that made national fucking news. It did? Yeah. It made national, like that, like stories... I guess because it happened kind of sort of around the time the Virginia Tech shooting happened. Uh, like maybe like a year later. Yeah. Like I guess maybe that's the reason why. But I mean literally Savannah State. We had Al Sharpton come visit us. Mm-hmm. And we had like Obama come visit us and stuff like that. And that never made national news. Yeah. But a fucking shooting makes national news of all fucking things. It was like what the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> So I had like my mom like text me like are you okay and like all these people text me are you okay and I'm like sitting there like, like uh, I'm fine. So nobody's just there's this is a black college nobody's just going around shooting up people at a black college you never heard of that at a black college no. just somebody going to shoot people you really don't <laughs> it's always some weird freaky ass white dude shooting up schools it's always so. Well, Asian dude as well. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, that was Jimmy <laughs> Tech Jimmy Tech guy. Asian and uh, I get and the guy, uh, but the uh, the Santa Barbara guy was uh, Mexican, right? Was he Mexican? I he might have just been white. He might I don't white know. Mexican. He might have been one of those olive skinned white people. Perhaps. Oh no, we get far away from Hugo um, Selitsky. Yeah, though. so <laughs> he he escapes. So he escapes, and a lot of fucking questions have to go into this one uh-huh. now. Uh, again, huge question. How the fuck do you get a broom into a fucking cell cell? That's one. Yeah. You definitely not supposed to have that one fucking done. Uh-huh. Seeing as a broom was used to kill fucking Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> I don't know that. Uh, was it like a broom that someone like broke and then just went, Hi! Uh... Uh, it's this weird situation. Like uh, Jeffrey Donald's getting like jumped by two prisoners for something. I can't remember exactly what happened. Uh-huh. 
um, he was getting like jumped by two persons or something, and they wound up like stab. Pretty much, they wound up like stabbing each other to death. Oh, so pretty much they wound up like all free dying. So it was like a Shakespeare play. Kind of sort of in a way, probably was Shakespeare play because I'm gonna guess one of them was probably fucking Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh-huh. <laughs> as he, as Real he was, Shakespeare. As he was fine with it. Yeah, he was definitely fine with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, Jeffrey really flourished in prison. Probably. He was able to fully embrace his sexuality. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I don't know if he was fully able to. Well, he might have been because he didn't have to worry about them escaping after afterwards. That, nope. that was his biggest problem was that he was he he felt that he was gonna get left behind by some people. He can't. He, he hated one night stands. He was the biggest. Jeffrey Dahmer's whole thing he's is the biggest. He's just a hopeless romantic. Yeah, he's the biggest. He's the worst case of hopeless romantic of all time. That's all Jeffrey Dahmer is. Is the worst case of hopeless romantic of you're not just gonna sleep. You're not just gonna sleep with me and leave the next mm-hmm. morning, are you? Oh God. <laughs> there, there's an episode of How I Met Your Mother called uh, Dobbler or Dahmer. Yeah. It's like a the character from. Um, from the from the eighties movie where where John Cusack holds the radio over his head, yeah, say anything, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. um and the, or like you could either be romantic or you could be creepy like Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. <laughs> well, so so Hugo Selinski had a broom inside of his inside of his inside of his uh, jail, jail cell. cell. Also had the bed sheets. Uh, also, I'm confused he, he, how the broom came into play. Oh, uh, he used it to pop the window out. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you could jail jail cells. They have windows that you can't just knock out. Well, yeah, <laughs> but how's a broom gonna knock it out? Um, hit it hard enough with it. Eventually, it's gonna pop. Okay. I mean, if you hit something, if you hit a window hard enough, I mean, it's probably a cheaply made window. It's not like it's gonna be like a. You'd figure of all places to, like, figure out how to, like, properly make windows. A prison would be, like, top of the list. Well, it's, again, it's also the sixth floor of the prison. True. <laughs> Nobody's thinking, the people out there aren't thinking that this guy's going to use a broom to pop out the window. They're yeah. thinking that he's going to use a broom to assault his cellmate, yeah. if anything. True. <laughs> and I'm thinking that, oh, shit. They're not thinking that they have to worry at all about this person Coming out of a sixth floor yeah. window. <laughs> like sheets. He's probably cold. What well, the thing is, he left clean. with that and he also had plain clothes on at the time. Huh. Um, so, uh. Sounds like somebody was helping this dude out. Yeah, so, uh. His dad gets on a news, stadium, news station mm-hmm. and does a plea telling his son to come back. And. Hours later, at 8.40, Hugo Selinski turns himself in at the house that he got arrested at. <laughs> this dude is weird. Claiming that his, dad, his dad's confession that he saw on the TV was what made him turn himself in. Good lord. Uh, so, yeah. So. Said like, no prisoner ever. No prisoner ever. Yeah, pretty much. This is this, this story is gonna be. This is this isn't the weird part of the story yet. Okay. Oh god. You're not getting into the weird stuff. This is normal stuff right now. Um. 
So when he comes back in, he's one clean shaven and wearing different clothes. So mm-hmm. um, couldn't have done that on his own. <laughs> so it turns out we'll get into a little bit later on of what happened there. Um, Did he have himself a lady? So uh, with this all said, people start freaking out of the prison escapes, and it turns out they start looking into the system. And just to go a little bit to what happened at the Luzerne prison, jail, county jail, mm-hmm. one rapid drug sales were going on. They actually wind up catching a couple prisoners for selling drugs. They also wind up catching a guard for selling uh, contraband to prisoners. He was bringing in like you know cell phones and stuff like that. Uh oh. And getting prisoners. So they wind up catching guards. So they they. Pretty much, they have a corrupt system at the Luzerne mm-hmm. Jail, County Jail. Yeah. Pretty much, that's has to have a really corrupt system at Luzerne County Jail. Yeah. This is one reason why they don't like having jail breaks. This reason why prisons don't like having jail breaks as much as guards as guards and wardens don't like mm-hmm. having jail breaks. Because when you have somebody like Hugo Salenci escape, then the, everybody looks into the prison and all the kind of the least the decent amount of freedom you could have because mm-hmm. most of the prisoners that are probably getting sold stuff aren't doing stuff like you know i mean most of them are probably like getting sold like maybe like cards to play mm-hmm. at nighttime or something like that yeah. but when you have a prison break then you lose all that like you know cards to play uh, activity oh. fun little activities to have at nighttime you know, magazines to jack off to and stuff like that. <laughs> You're losing all that stuff. Yeah. So. <laughs> Gotta think of what's important. You're going to lose all that stuff. And people like the warden and people like that are going to get fired. So, yeah, the warden has to resign and a lot of guards get fired. And the prison pretty much just turns to like, uh, you know, it's all new shape. Uh, um. Hugo Solinsky gets sent from the prison and gets sent to a state prison, uh, mm-hmm. gets sent from that jail, gets sent to a state prison in Wilkes Bear Bear, which is kinda closer kinda close to Luzerne County. So he has to go there because that's a lot more stricter place. Mm-hmm. Um So, like again, that's not even when the crazy starts. This is kinda when the crazy starts. On October 29th, 2003, Paul Weekly, the guy that first started all this um, hoopla going on here, mm-hmm. hoopla. tells the story of um, Hugo Selinski and Michael Kurkowski Jr. Uh-huh. One time having fun on a Halloween on 2001. Having fun at this college town, stumbling upon a woman and kidnapping her. Uh, uh. Turns out that woman is Sydney Song. What? And it turns out Hugo Selinski told Paul Weekly that they have her buried in the, the woods somewhere inside of Luzerne County. For those of you who can't see me right now, which is all of you. I am just in shock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, with that said, um, 
Please start scourging the woods in uh-huh. Louisiana County for Cindy hmm. Song. But the thing is, who's Gosolinsky one is not going to say that that story is true. Uh-huh. And we're going to get into Paul Weekly a little bit later on. Okay. Um, so let's fast forward past that. A week later on November 6, 2003, Patrick Russian pleads guilty to um, the, the murders. Okay. He faces the 20 to 40 to 20 to 40 years to prison and he agrees to snitch on um, Hugo Solinsky. Uh-oh. Now, this then earns what Patrick Russian will say, earns him the name Pat the Rat. Rat. Pat the Rat. Because like, prisoners are what I like to say are pretty much just fucking lip five a uh, little great little kids all over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't say you little kids. Like, like I'm oh, sorry. Oh. I I mean I left a I left a college situation because I was concerned that well I was concerned that I was going to be looked at as a bit of a snitch, even though I definitely wasn't. Mm-hmm. But looking looking at this situation, why wouldn't somebody tell? Why wouldn't somebody talk? Definitely when you hear what happened. Okay. Um, October 22nd, 2004, Christina Strom, who is... Uh, Hugo Solinsky's girlfriend at uh-huh. the den said time uh-huh. uh, gets charged with laundering money and obstruction. Ooh. So do you want to hear kind of what went on here? Yes. I guess we can start kind of getting into the story of what went on here. Uh-huh. Patrick Kukowski Jr. was a pharmacist. Okay. In the area. So... Most guesses are that he was dealing drugs to Hugo Solinsky. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is fucking pretty much fucking Breaking Bad. If it was real, this is real life Breaking Bad. What's yeah. going? What's happening here? So he's dealing drugs to Hugo Solinsky, and uh, Michael Kukowski Jr. gets popped with drug charges himself. Okay. Now he goes to Hugo Solinsky, asking that he could could he help him stash him because mm. he's taking Hugo Solinsky's. Been a criminal guy. Since, the, since the age of... Well, he's been a criminal since the age of 15. Yeah. So he's thinking that he knows criminals that can probably keep him locked up, keep him holed up somewhere, because he doesn't want to... Michael Kukowski's a pharmacist. He's yeah. not... He, he went to college for, 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 for eight years. Yeah. He doesn't know... He doesn't want to go to jail for... No. <laughs> he doesn't know... Let either. somebody else do the dirty work. <laughs> so he... So he's telling Michael... He's I mean, Hugo Solinsky. He's telling hey... Get me hit up for a little while mm-hmm. to let these drug charges fly over, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Help me out, man. Hugo Solisky instead um, kills the fuck out of <laughs> Kills the fuck out of Michael Kukowski. Oh <laughs> and uh, he develops the smart plan of telling Michael Kukowski Sr., because Michael Kukowski Jr. told Michael Kukowski Sr. that he's going to have Hugo Solisky hide him up and um that he all he needs is his dad to send him money to send him money every now and then so you know to get passed by so hugo's like i got your son send me the money yeah he's like hey you you i got your son hit up somewhere Mm -hmm. give me the money i'll get it to him so you know the police can't 
can't track can't that. Track can't money. track that money, mm-hmm. you know. So, pretty much, that's where the ten thousand dollars is coming from. Okay. Every month, every month, Michael Kekowski's been senior's been giving Hugo Selinski ten thousand dollars to give to his son. What kind of money does this dude have? This is for these. This I mean, Michael. His son's a pharmacist, so he's mm-hmm. probably. A, I don't. I didn't look into what he did, but he probably did something very I mean, $10, well. Ten thousand dollars is a month. Yeah, so it's still, I've never been given that sum of money before. Uh, well, your your parents sadly aren't pharmacists. No. <laughs> so I mean, I'm gonna guess that he was probably in something in the medical field as well. Yeah. Um. So. Pretty much that's where that came from, where mm-hmm. the robber comes from, is that Michael Kikowski Sr. finally finds out, you know, that that his son's dead, and mm-hmm. he confronts Hugo, and Hugo beats the shit out of him. Yeah. And, take, and just takes the money then. Um, so, pretty much, with the money that he was, get $10,000 that he, that Michael Kikowski Sr. was given mm-hmm. to Hugo, Hugo gives the money to Christina Strom, who he tells to put into a, a bank account, and then he tells her at one point to buy property. Okay. He tells her to buy property of uh, at four seventy nine Mount at Olivet Road, Kingston Township, Pennsylvania. Oh, <laughs> yes. The house where Michael Kukowski Jr. is buried was the property that his dad paid for. Wow. What a what a bold move. <laughs> wow. Yes, she bought she bought a house with blood yeah, money. <laughs> with blood money. Wow. <laughs> so she's charged with that. Um in December sixth of two thousand and four uh, Catherine Fazone, who's 55 years old, and her son, who's 17 years old, is charged with harboring a, a fugitive, Hugo, for a day. Huh. When he escaped from when he escaped from prison, he went to his aunt's house, Catherine Fazone, mm-hmm. and came to the door. And I'm gonna guess it's one of those things where a person just shows it to you doing. You're like. You're not supposed to be here, and he's like, "Well, I know I'm not supposed to be here, but you're gonna fucking keep me here for a day." So he kept. So he shows him to a door, and she keeps him there. Yeah. So pretty much, she kept him there and said, "Hey, by the, in the morning, you gotta fucking go." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she kept him there for at least that day. So they charged her with that. I didn't, didn't look to see if that actually ever stuck. I don't think. I'm sure I'm it pretty, didn't. I don't think they actually stuck it on him. I mean, one seventy year old kid, come on. That they shouldn't even charge the kid. That was pretty dumb. Um, pretty much they took. Pretty much she took him to uh to close to the property at the Kingston uh, Township house, but she didn't take him to the to the property. She yeah. thinks that he got in the car from where she dropped him off at, and that's how he got to the property from there. Um, February twenty, February tenth of two thousand and six. Hugo goes back to Luzerne County Jail. All right. So, so he got to go back there because they does now they want him to to, to do the, he want him to do the trial. Time. 
Well, they wanted to do the trial there. Okay. He still this, this is this is this is still pre-trial. Yeah, this is all still pre-trial. This is two years, two two and a half years later. He still has not seen trial for these two double murders at all. Oh, good lord. Um. Does this? Mm. And interesting enough, doesn't he get charged with the escape attempt? The judge says it wasn't an attempt. It was a success. <laughs> the judge says that uh, that you gotta at least file those charges within a year. So since they haven't filed those charges, that he doesn't get charged with it. That's silly. Um. So yeah, he doesn't even get charged with escape attempt. On February twentieth of two thousand and six, a jury is finally selected for the trial. So mm-hmm. now the trial is about to go on. Okay. March first, two thousand and six, the trial finally begins. They get Pat the Rat up there to talk, and uh-huh. they get Paul Weekly to talk. Uh oh. Now, they both tell the story of what happened to these two people. Okay. Sadly, the murder weapon in their stories change are different. What kind of impact does this have on the outcome of the trial? Now they also get Scott Bolt to testify mm-hmm. on March six of two thousand uh, March six of two thousand and six. Mm-hmm. He's testified that he's in a wheelchair. He can't walk. Yeah. He said he swears that Hugo threw him from the from the from the, through the window. Which I'm. I'm fairly sure that he did. After telling him that he killed two people and buried him in the backyard of his house. Okay. Now, March 7th, 2006, Hugo's lawyer, uh, Demetrius Fanook, Fanook, Fan, F-A-N-N-O-C-K, Fanook. Fanook. So Demetrius Fanook. Uh pretty much uh, tries to tell the story of again, these are burnt bodies and they pretty much what what they did what he did was burn the body and take the bones out of the body. Oh. <laughs> so they're trying to say that the metal parts that were in these bones the lawyer's trying to argue that that's not shotgun shells. Yeah. Um. What else would they be? I don't know. Small he, bits he, of metal? He just says not shotgun shells. Those are not shotgun prove, shells? You can't prove that they're shotgun shells. They don't, they look like shotgun shells? Yes. They smell like them? Yes. They're not. On March 8th, 2006, they get a Dr. Anthony Fossetti. Fossetti. Uh-huh. To come to uh, this trial. Okay. Now, Anthony Falsetti, his resume includes working on 9 11 uh-huh. and working the Oklahoma City bombing. Okay. He states in the trial that there's no possible way they can, one, ID these dead bodies to be the to be Frank Dr- James and uh, Adija Killer. Okay. He's saying that you cannot even tell these bodies were African American at all. He also says that uh, you cannot even ID the shotgun cases. 
So this is working out all very well for our guy. March 9th, 2006. Here goes Neighbors. And I've seen the house, so it's 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 kind of like it's it's a rural neighborhood. It's a okay. rural neighborhood. So it's you got neighbors, but they're not really like there, there. Uh-huh. It's kind of like you can tell that they're there, but you got kind of your privacy. Yeah. But Hughes neighbors say that they never heard a shotgun shot at all that night. Huh. And they never saw any fires. Huh. So... He was let off, I'm assuming. Hugo Selinski's found not guilty. Oh, okay. Acquitted on both those murders. Wow. Yeah. How to get away with murder. Is it how to get away with murder? I don't know. Because on March 15, 2006, the police charged him with the murder of Michael Kuskowski Jr. Oh. And his girlfriend, Timmy Fawcett. Oh, God. So he's now charged again with double murder now. Does this one stick? Uh, man. This is going to be a tough one right here. So it might be a tough one for you. Okay. Now, May 2nd, 2006, Hugo's actually sentenced to two to four years in prison okay. for burning the bodies uh-huh. of the of the people that he did not murder. The uh-huh. first two people, Frank He's James and Adi. He's charged with burning their bodies. He's charged with burning their bodies, <clears throat> but they can't prove that he murdered the bodies. Okay, all right. <clears throat> He's charged with burning their bodies. Now, on August 24th, 2006, Weekly and Hugo, Paul Weekly, who's the main, main guy snitch in this situation, mm-hmm. and Hugo Selitsky are charged with home invasion of a jewelry store owner. Okay. So this is going to be pretty, pretty important. Do you want to make this to a two-party or you want to just keep going on with the story? Honestly... Mm-hmm. I think we kind of have to turn it into a two-parter. So you want to make it to a two-parter? Yes. All right. I guess we'll come back. You want to just record it in a few days? I think that's wise. All right. Um, do you want to do a shit happen or you just want to wait for the next part? Um, well, I, w- I, I have a shit happened. So you, do you want to do a shit happen now or you want to hold it? Well, I think we should hold it. Leave, hold it? Leave them in suspense. All right, we're going to leave you in suspense on a shit happened. Um, so we'll just leave you in suspense uh, for the next part. Yes. Uh, but yes, this is so you. So you, the story's pretty cool, right? The story's very cool. I feel like you have, a, like, so. I feel like there's so much more left to unfurl. Oh, it's a shit ton. I mean, this is. This is in. It's getting intense. It's going to get intense from here on out because, one, he's already beat the. First two murders. Yeah. So the second two murders, there, there's a reason why they did the first two murders. Okay. The reason why they did the first two murders is because they could tell they were murdered. Yeah. 
There's a reason why they didn't charge for Michael Kukowski because they mm-hmm. can't tell it that Michael Kukowski and his girlfriend were murdered. <laughs> so there's a reason why they charged for the first two because they thought that the first two was, was for sure going to be that. Yeah. But the thing is that the first two with uh, Pat Arad and Paul Weekly were kind of... It was a difficult one, and we're going to get into it on the next part of why the stories wind up being different mm-hmm. in s- certain aspects. Um, yeah, so we're going to get into that. Sydney uh, Chong. Uh, Is she going to make another appearance? She's not going to make any appearance to this one. Okay. Uh, you can just go ahead and, I guess, uh, so I, should I just go ahead and s- say what happened with that one? I guess I can go ahead and say what happened with that one. Uh, so we can just go ahead and just get Cindy Song's story mm-hmm. out of the way. Yeah. Um, supposedly what Paul Weekly says. This is all coming from Paul Weekly. Mm-hmm. Paul Weekly says it says that that um, Hugo Solitsky and Michael Kukowski went to Penn State uh-huh. to party on Halloween. Yeah. Why they went to two almost two hours away to go party? Party. Nobody. <laughs> we don't know. Paul. This is all Paul Weekly story. He's like, man, we wanted to party. Paul Weekly says that they went, they found Sydney Song, and Michael Kukowski was factuated with her. Okay. So they wound up kidnapping her, and they kept her in a refrigerator at Michael Kukowski's house. And went, Michael Kukowski pretty much kept her, and they kind of had that way with her until she eventually died. Oh, God. Now, in Paul Weekly's story, this is Paul Weekly's story. Mm-hmm. Paul Weekly says that Hugo Solinsky got upset when he one day went to Bakukowski's house and saw that that Sydney Song's bunny rabbit, Playboy bunny rabbit ears are still there. Because for some reason, again, she is wearing Playboy bunny outfit. She never took the Playboy bunny outfit off. She took the eyelashes off. That's it. The eyelashes were the only thing found in the apartment. Everything else was still there. Was still on her. That's so weird. So. And, mm, well, I take issue with this story because how would they have been able to kidnap her from the party and know where she lived to take her home? Well, well, they didn't say that she did that because she was never, she was taken home by her friends. Okay. So, I, how did they see her? Maybe they saw her while walking. Her, maybe they saw her walking thing. to the apartment. Maybe maybe, maybe walking from the apartment to the store. Maybe they saw her at the store. No. Any number of things. Any number of things. I don't know why she would have to play with bunny ears still on her when she's mm-hmm. walking to the store. That doesn't make too Any much sense. sense to me at all. Yeah. Uh, but they Paul Weekly's story is that that Kurkowski still had to play with bunny ears, and when Solinsky saw that, he got. Furious and killed Kukowski. Mm. Kukowski. So, pretty much, that's what happened there. Okay. Now, Paul Weekly says that he don't know where they hid the body at, per mm. se. He just knows that Hugo Selinski told him that they hid the body in the woods. Okay. He says that there's multiple bodies in the woods from Hugo Selinski. That this is these five bodies on that property was just uh, It's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just what he got on the property. <laughs> I, I <laughs> so, might believe him, I don't know. 
I mean, it's very believable because um, <laughs> he, he he had just bought the property. Katie <laughs> yeah. already had five bodies on it. So. Good Lord. <laughs> Within a year of having a property, he had five bodies on it. So <laughs> there's no telling where he had bodies before that. So, uh, yeah. Pretty much... Uh, so pretty much, yeah. I mean, first case, pretty much. Uh, you're gonna get it. We're gonna get into why that case went the way it did. Uh, but the cops um, are definitely upset about that one. Yeah, I'm sure. Because that's that was the that was their that one. was their ace. That was their one. They thought that was guaranteed that they was gonna get them on that one. I mean, they got so cocky with it, they didn't even charge. Them. They said yeah. we're not even gonna charge you with the escaped. Yeah, that's crazy. We're not even gonna charge you with the escape because. Because <laughs> we already got you, and then obviously mm-hmm. you see, after he got fucking acquitted, that they went, oh fuck that, we're charging him. Never mind, we're charging him. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we're charging him. We gotta keep him in jail at least. Because I mean, if he got a acqu- he got acquitted, that means he had to get out of jail. So it was like, fuck that, we gotta charge oh, him yeah. or something. So uh, I mean, yeah. So that's the first part. Okay. Uh, we'll come back a few days le- a few days from now mm-hmm. and we'll get into the second part of this. Alrighty. Alright. Until then. Alright, well, with that said, uh, I guess we'll see you in a few days from now. Alrighty, guys. Alright, peace out. Peace out. <laughs>